uncut but morally corrupt, it's Forwards Backwards Podcast, not from the corner of Glenway and Monroe, and not from the Gimme Some Truth Studios. This week, we observe our opponents, skip schedule shit, and Keith does not talk about Grant Wall. I'm Keith Ponywaz, and as always, I'm joined by the Medeski and Martin to my wood, Kyle Carr, the hardest working man in Madison sports podcasting, and Dan Fallon, who is not. Kyle, Dan, which forward Madison player would be most likely to show up in the outfit that Aston Villa's Jack Grealish sported last weekend? And for uh, folks at home, while Dan and Kyle sort of contemplate their response, let me just describe, uh, as the, the Daily Star did, the outfit. Grealish was donning a striking white tracksuit covered in Nike ticks from top to bottom. I think they prefer swooshes, Daily Star, along with ma- matching white beanie hat and a black and gold Gucci coat. Now, this next bit, Dan, Kyle, made me reconsider, do we want to be on the side of Gary Neville? Gary Neville's response when uh, commenting for Sky Sports went, Ooh, and I wouldn't be wearing that in Bolton. <laughs> so, who do you think is going to show up looking like Grealish? If Brandon Eaton was still on the team, I'd pick him, but I'm going to go Gustavo Fernandez. I think he would be young enough and hip enough to do it. So, this I is, would say Gustavo Fernandez. Well, and let's be honest, there's some strong Long Island vibes there, Dan, in that outfit. Um, so, I, I, you know, Kyle, I think I would have agreed with you with Brandon Eaton if he was, if he was still with the club, um, uh, you know, maybe Aaron Malloy, you know, that, uh, uh, that kind of Euro vibe, uh, thing going on. Like maybe he, 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 uh, he could pull it off. Um, listen, you gotta be a pretty good player to pull that off. And Jack Grealish is, so I guess we'll, we'll give him a, we'll give him a pass, but, um, yeah, as I as I watched the highlights last night and saw that photo, my, the announcer just very wryly, wryly in a British accent said, "Well, those are some nice trousers." <laughs> <laughs> Can you call sweatpants trousers? I thought it just looked like pajamas. I mean, I didn't even think it looked like sweatpants. It looked like he was wearing like a big adult onesie. But you know, <laughs> I mean, you think- I know like nowadays the fashion is basically like wearing sweatpants that are pretty much are like joggers, and you can just call it what it is. I have been doing that at home while I've been working as well. So I get it. I get the trend, but all those logos and stuff, that's a little bit too much for me. I can't pull that off. Now, now post pandemic, do you think people are going to like eschew, eschew the, uh, uh, as they might say on the other side of the pond, the, the kind of more casual. And do you think they'll be dressing to the nines and sub question, we need to get our act together. And when do we invite Mike Quito onto the podcast to discuss forward fashions for 2021? Soon be the answer to that question. Yeah. The first question. Yeah. I can't tell if like, I want to go back to wearing like, you know, bust out the stuff from the closet that I haven't worn in whatever a year, 13 months almost. Um, in your case, it but- may not fit but not for the reason <laughs> mine might not fit. <laughs> and that might be a problem with some of my shirts. Yes. They might be a, a little on the, uh, the billowy side. I might look a little bit like a uh, urban pirate uh, for Seinfeld fans. <laughs> I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> I, I think wearing jeans would be nice. Like wearing jeans, and, like a good pair of sneakers will be good. I've, 
the problem with this whole pandemic is I have collected a lot of soccer jerseys. So now my fashion is basically whatever soccer jersey I decide to wear with whatever jeans, whatever pair of sneakers. I think that I will still have to find a way to wear nicer shirts that aren't just soccer jerseys. I can't I imagine you fit, can't, though. you can't wear, yeah, you can't do fitted Friday at the office. Probably not, huh? I probably couldn't. No, technically I'm not supposed to while I'm at home, but I'm not on any video call. So no one knows except if anyone well, from my job hears this, which I doubt. Well, I, Kyle might be too young to remember this, but maybe, maybe we could bring back that kind of like early to mid aughts look Keith where, you know, I did this in New York, unfortunately, the t-shirt under a blazer. <laughs> that, that was a pretty pop, pretty popular look with jeans and sneakers uh, back in around 2004, 2005. That's a choice. <laughs> uh, so maybe you could bring that back, Kyle. You could show up in the uh, blazer over the soccer jersey. <laughs> Honestly, I could probably get away. Like, I can put a sweater over instead. Maybe not a blazer, but a sweater. There you go. Cardigan. Class it up. Cardigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a cardigan. It, it's a it, it's a cardigan. Thanks for noticing. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, today, Monday, uh, uh, March twenty second, um, is uh, the the schedule was announced, and so uh, Dan, you really wanted to review the schedule in depth, uh, kind of go through that for for supporters. So uh, I'm going to turn that kind of over to you to, to really analyze the, the schedule, the USL league one schedule. Uh, yeah. Thanks Keith. Uh, so today's, uh, today's blockbuster schedule preview comes to you, uh, through sponsorship by Optalee and, uh, and here it goes. So strap in everybody. This is going to be a long, a long preview. So here we go. Um, matches will be played. Some of them be on weekends, some on weekdays, some at night, some during the day, Half will be at home, half will be on the road. Points will be dropped and gained. It's called sports, so there's a schedule. I think that's that's excellent. Um, I think you know you've you've really broken down the essentials of of a schedule for us. So, um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to it, um, and I think it's going to be excellent. Uh, so by the way, the sponsorship by Optali, uh, brings something up. Optali started yet another new job. So maybe on this one, he'll be able to, you know, resume his duties for us. Um, Optali. Wait, does he have two jobs or did he leave his other job? He left his other job and started a new job. So, um, but I was thinking about sponsorships and, and I've been watching a fair amount of, of Sunday afternoon golf, uh, cause it is the ideal nap. Uh, you know, sport. And I feel like we could get a sponsorship by an erectile dysfunction drug. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, they're sponsoring everything. Like I listen to spot podcasts and it's ED drugs. Um, so maybe we, that's something we should think about here in the, in the near future is ED. I do have a family member who formerly worked at Roman. So I could, uh, I could talk to him about, uh, they could work us out. Hooking, hook, hooking us up, so to speak. What about our good friends with the poop in a box business down the, down on the belt line? Maybe Coligar. we get a exact science. Exact science. Col- I don't know. Keith, you're almost at that age. You're getting close. <laughs> close. Yeah. You're getting close. <laughs> you're both are getting close. close. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I already poop in a box once a week just for fun, but you, know. <laughs> you have a litter box, right? You actually, <laughs> that apartment was so cheap because um, you, you just have to use the litter box out, out back. If, uh, just uh, an aside, if anyone hasn't seen the movie Nomadland yet, uh, it's very sad, but I'd recommend it. But 
you also there's a little scene in the movie where they uh, where they talk about what size bucket you should have in your RV when you're like living off the grid on a BLM uh, property. And, you know, if you have a big enough truck, you can have a five gallon bucket. But if you're a smaller place, you might need a two gallon bucket. So there you go. When I was a kid, when we camped, we during the middle of the night, you would pee in a bucket. So <laughs> make of that what you will. Uh, so we're going to go alphabetical order uh, this week to, to preview. This is something we've never done before. This is the professionalism that Kyle has brought to this podcast. Uh, we're going to preview all of the USL League One teams. That means, Dan, how many teams are there? Including us. Well, you just stepped on the joke. There are 12 teams. <laughs> but if you don't include us, we'll be doing 11 previews, right? That is you, correct. You had some and trouble with the, the math. The math yeah, was a little I mean, hard yeah, for you. I, yeah. Well, it's yeah. just, and it's also like very confusing. It's like, wait, is Rochester in the league? Wasn't Penn supposed to be in the league? Unfolded. So, Rochester is not coming. They're dead. Yeah. So it's always I'm just still waiting for them to announce that Portland. Maine I didn't realize they've been I advertising for the last four years, <laughs> but they still won't announce the expansion. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I didn't no realize stadium. North Carolina had joined up. So there was that. Right. I'd kind of forgotten about that because, like, some uh, one of you, or I think maybe Kyle was like, I can't wait till North Carolina. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, what it would make Carolina? for a great away day, except I can't do it this year. This year. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Dan, what can you tell us about the Chattanooga Red Wolves? Oh, well, thanks racist. for asking, Keith. I, I'm, I'm so excited to be doing the first one right out of the box. I spent uh, a lot of time on this one. Minutes. Chattanooga Red Wolves Soccer Club is an American professional soccer club based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. They're a founding member of USL League One, the third division of American soccer. Due Are you just reading the Wikipedia page, Dan? <laughs> Due to a pending defamation lawsuit filed against me by the city of Chattanooga <laughs> based on comments allegedly made by me on April 6, 2019, during the inaugural forward Madison match versus the Red Wolves, I have been advised by the legal stylist to say nothing additional about Chattanooga, its residents, or its second most popular soccer team. Fair enough. Good, excellent preview. Uh, thank you, Dan. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, Club de Football, which has... It's an Ibis, I think. It looks a lot like a goddamn flamingo, let's be honest, their logo. Um, I believe it's a heron, but we're not talking about that. Fort Lauderdale Club de Football, commonly known as Fort Lauderdale CF, is the reserve team of Major League Soccer Club Inter-Miami CF. Hey, you, can't Inter-Miami say inter, you can't say Inter, you'll get sued. Internacional. <laughs> Internacional. Apparently, uh, we, they're about to come to some sort of an agreement, which must mean that they're about to pay a shitload of money to Inter to use that name. <laughs> Inter-Miami's ownership. Inter-Miami's which Neville ownership, brother did he hire? Just Aaron? Kyle, we're not, not getting into that. Phil. <laughs> Inter-Miami's ownership group is headed up by an obscure, homely-looking, right-sided English winger by the name of Dave Beckham, best known for receiving a red card in the last 16 of the 1998 World Cup versus Argentina when he viciously lashed, lashed out at Diego Simeone, a player known the world over as a sportsman of the highest moral <laughs> order and fiber. Fort Lauderdale CF finished 2020 in second to last place, only kept out of the cellar by their neighbors to the north, Orlando City B Baby Lions. When planning an away trip to Fort Lauderdale, best to call ahead for yacht slip reservations. Known as the yachting capital of the world, Fort Lauderdale boasts 100 marinas, housing 45,000 resident yachts. 
While cruising to Fort Lauderdale in your new yacht, set your Spotify playlist to Yacht Rock and let the smooth sounds of former Breeze Stevens Field performers REO Speedwagon help you bring your ship into the shore and throw away the oars forever because clearly you can't fight this feeling anymore. Uh, did REO Speedwagon play Breeze Stevens? They sure did. Same night as Shaq on the one and twos. Uh, what about what about Hall and Oates? They're a Yacht Rock staple, and they've also played Bree Stevens, right? I believe they have, but I would, I, while they might be Yacht Rock, I would put them in a much higher category than REO Speedwagon. I have probably I seen REO Speedwagon, I'm not exaggerating, eight or ten times in my life, uh, at the Briggs & Stratton Big Backyard at Summerfest. Um, and Keith, Fro- Keith froze because what he just said was so outlandish. <laughs> <laughs> the space time the space time continuum just stopped the universe is like no 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 none of that and i think the members of reo speedwagon would think that was a little odd <laughs> so reo speedwagon would be booked for two nights every summer at Summerfest when i was working there and uh it was uh, a tremendous experience because invariably somebody would come up to you and scream something about the Monsters of Rock show at County Stadium in 1978. Like, literally, like, Otto the bus driver would... His real-life counterpart from The Simpsons would emerge out of the ether and walk up to you at your beer tent and scream about the Monsters of Rock show. Uh, So we're moving on, then, to the Greenville Triumph, who uh, were league champions last year, coached by John Harks, formerly Captain for Life, that lasted about six months and uh, before he was uh, replaced. Um, they are returning a whole bunch of players, in fact, uh, this year. Uh, and they include uh, two-time uh, goalkeeper and Golden Glove winner Dallas J, uh, co-captains Aaron Walker and Tyler Polak, who is a 2019 and 2020 uh, first-team selection, and... Uh, newcomer last year, Brandon Frick, Fricky, who was with Lansing and was defender of the year last year. But most importantly, and I think uh, this is important, Greenville is actually the home of the only person who died during the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962, Rudolf Anderson. Rudolf was actually born in uh, a neighboring town, Spartanburg, uh, and moved to uh, Greenville early on in his life. Um, but on October 14th, a U-2 uh, uh, was actually discovered and took shots over Cuba of medium-range missiles. Uh, it was October 13th when they took the pictures. Analysts uh, looked at them on the 14th, discovered these missiles. And so they then uh, flew many more missions to discover and and. Uh, there was, you know, sort of a crisis, and his plane was shot down during the sixth mission on October it was kind 27th. Of a crisis? I think it was called a crisis. It was definitely a crisis. <laughs> you know, uh, it's perhaps the very definition of a crisis. <laughs> and his plane was shot down on October 27th. On November 4th, Cuban government confirmed his death, and he was the only dead among the 11 pilots who flo- flew those uh, missions. I would say Greenville Triumph are the team to beat, given that they've signed 
uh, you know, the, basically the core of their defense. Uh, they also, you know, we, we talked a little bit about their incomings and outgoings as they lost Jake Keegan, but signed Don Smart, who, as every Liverpool fan can tell you, is guaranteed to score against forward Madison this year because it seems like every time we watch one of our players leave and sign with another team, he scores against us. Uh, that's pretty much what I've got on Greenville. Uh, any other thoughts, Dan, Kyle, on Greenville? No, no, no. They would have uh, won the final if it was played. The end. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued that uh, we flew a mission on October 13th, but didn't review the photos until the next day. We were kind of like, uh, it's five o'clock guys. Like let's go. Yeah, have, you've let's seen go have a Mad scotch. Men. Everybody was drunk. Yeah. They're like, I'm too wasted to handle this. Let's take a look in the morning. The well, missiles will still, the missiles will still be there if they're there. Well, I think, I think the more it was probably the flight was at night and then he had to get back and then they had to develop the pictures. I mean, you're used to our instantaneous world, Dan. There was probably, there was probably some poor private stuck overnight in the room developing those pictures in the dark room. And then they showed them to the analysts. I bet they, I bet they bullied the hell out of that guy. That poor guy. Private Poindexter, undoubtedly. (laughs) Um, Next up, we have the creatively named New England Revolution 2. I think that's me again, right? All right. Finishing one position above Dave Beckham's babies were Bobby Kraft's New England Revolution 2. Mr. Kraft is head of the Kraft Group, a group of privately held companies in the professional sports, manufacturing, and real estate development industries doing business in 90 countries, but are headquartered for reasons that must be related to losing a very large bet in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Known as the gem of Norfolk County, the town was once home to the world's largest straw hat factory. Founded by local businessman E.P. Carpenter, the Union Straw Works burned to the ground in the early 20th century. One can only imagine that a corncob pipe and a fiddle played some part in this tragic destruction of American commerce and milliners. <laughs> Excuse me, I digress. When planning your away day to Foxborough, might I recommend Maine? It's quite lovely in the summer and very far from Foxborough. And may at some point, maybe 2026, have its own USL one team. We're still I not clear. Just, I, I really would be pushing the boundaries of reality if I thought anyone listen to this needed to go to Foxborough, Massachusetts. I've been there. It's not good. I, I went to a Packer game a couple years ago, uh, Monday night football. Basically the stadium is surrounded by car lots. Strip malls. Yeah. Strip malls exactly. and car lots. Like if you yes. want to pick up a nude Ford Taurus, yeah. Go to Foxborough, but otherwise no conceivable reason to go to Foxborough. Yeah. And if you go for an actual NFL game, have fun spending about nine hours driving on a, uh, route one because there's like no way to get out of there so probably not a big problem for uh you know usl league one match but uh just be warm you can't i I would imagine if you're going to go and you want to socially distance that would be the destination for you this year one thing i did learn uh in doing that you know deep dive into the history of foxborough uh, I assumed that a hat maker was a hab- was a haberdashery, but I, I guess that means more clothing. Haberdasher uh, um, is someone who sells. Yes. No. So a milliner. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's a hat sense. maker. Yeah. Yes. So yep. there you go. There's your, there's your word of the day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Milner. Yep. Day. And not not to be confused with midfielder James Milner. Uh, <laughs> James. James Mil- Milliner. Uh, North Carolina FC. Kyle Carr. Your introduction to the previews. Great. Well, for those that don't know, North Carolina FC played in USL Championship last year, and before then they were playing in the old second iteration NASL. So they have been used to Division II soccer for pretty much their entire existence of the franchise. The ownership also own North Carolina Courage, one of the best NWSL teams. They also have an academy. They're in Raleigh, North Carolina. Really much with the roster, because they decided to move down to USL League One, they are pretty much going to go with a younger squad. They're probably going to use some academy people. They got some young attackers from, you know, two, Timbers 2 and on loan from an Argentinian side, Estudiantes de Rio Cuarto. Good fun facts. But for Raleigh, here's something that I learned. The first HBCU, Shaw University, was in Raleigh. The city of Raleigh is considered a national landmark. I don't know how a city could be a natural landmark. I've never been to Raleigh, but I feel like out of all the cities, that would not have been the one I thought of. And lastly, and most importantly, the first art museum in the country was in Raleigh, North Carolina. So for those that are traveling for away days, take in the culture, have some good food. And when you're watching a match, stay away from the Renegados and their alcohol-infused watermelon because you will not make it the next day completely sober. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's good advice kids uh i don't know if i had any of the watermelon now and, that i think about it now, now can How? i <laughs> now can i say um one of the funniest things in american soccer is charlotte's continued insistence on branding themselves as clt fc every time i see that i just you what, know keith you what Delorean. what <laughs> Mulva? <laughs> um so that's you know that's that's where that is next up on our list i do of- sometimes wonder about like the mls and mls the mls whatever uh like do they sit around being like what's the most insane thing we could do like <laughs> Hey, Chicago, like, well, we're going to totally change our logo to this insane. Oh, that's good. That's good. And then, you know, Charlotte's like, what if we make our name look like a part of the female anatomy? Ooh, that's a good one, too. Or what if we just have an expansion club, but they don't make their payments, so they're no longer an expansion club? (laughs) Then what do we do? Well, actually, the, you know, the, the Atlantic or the, uh, sorry, the athletic article about that would argue that that may end up being a, a good thing for MLS because they might be able to make even more money uh, when they get around to selling that. So, and that's anyway. the sole goal of MLS is to make money. I think sometimes, yeah, the, the owners are like, is anybody paying attention? Let's see what we can do here. Anybody paying attention? Uh, so next up, we have North Texas uh, SC. North Texas, I'm not going to preview the players because really what it's going to come down to is are they going to bring Ricardo Pepe back in for their playoff run, you know, like a ringer. It reminds me of when I, long ago, I worked at Merrill Lynch and the first day in the office, I'm, you know, doing my HR paperwork and this and that. And I see this giant, tall dude go walking by and I'm like, boy, that guy looks familiar. And it was Frank Kaminsky. And uh, then a, a little bit, a bit later, a guy who looked um, 
rectangular, we'll say, with uh, forearms and upper arms the size of my legs. Then went walking by, uh, I believe that was Melvin Gordon. Uh, And I realized then I was not going to make the softball team for the playoffs that summer. And so I imagine, you know, most of the guys we see for North Texas during the course of the year, they're going to be there. And then they're going to be like, oh, let's bring down some FC Dallas guys. Because a couple of years ago, you remember in the playoffs as well, they brought down like their second choice FC Dallas goalkeeper for the playoff match against forward Madison. So previewing them is like, you know, previewing the, the, the Simpsons, uh, the, the, you know, Montgomery Burns softball team before he brings in all the ringers. So what's the, what's the point? Who are they going to bring down from the first team to show up in, in USL league one that said they play in Arlington, Texas, and they play at globe globe life park, which was at one point the ballpark in Arlington. Uh, and it's been since replaced. Uh, they're the sole tenant currently, uh, Previously, it was the home of the Dallas Renegades of the XFL. And next year, uh, it'll be the home of the Dallas Jackals of Major League Rugby, which means that North Texas will be the sole tenant, again, of the Globe Life Park in approximately 2022. Uh, I didn't even know there was such a thing as Major League Rugby. Any other thoughts about uh, North Texas? Now let's go to the preview that everybody has been waiting for. And by everybody, we mean uh, our friends at River City 93 podcast, uh, specifically Elliot Barr. Kyle, go forth. My eternal Henny Derby rival, the Richmond Kickers, who last year after replacing head coach David Bulow with Darren Schwartzke, made an impressive run to get as high as second in the league table. An unfortunate collapse where they somehow lost to Tormenta when they were in a crisis and a last match loss to Chattanooga Red Wolves meant they, they lost the second seed and had to watch the final from home if a final had ever existed. We will never know. But good thing for Richmond is they brought back a lot of their core players, most notably Akira Fitzgerald, Ivan Magalis, Ian Antley, Ian Antley, Ian Antley yep. Um, Bolduck and Emiliano Terzaghi, who also was a Golden Boot winner and MVP winner. They decided to add a couple players like Nil Vinulis from Tormenta and also our favorite defender, Jalen Fiat Chrysler. He is on the roster as well. Fun fact about Richmond, besides being the former capital of the Confederate States in the United States, Confederate States, which is a bitch-ass coward nation that no longer exists, they also had the first electric streetcar uh, in just, that city. Just for those of you playing at home, the Confederate States, their record, O and one. <laughs> forever took an L. They have yeah. never, never seen a dub. Forever took an L. <laughs> but no, the other thing with Richmond is City Stadium used to be a university football stadium, but now is used for the Richmond Kickers. It is very large, but it is very old, but it has character. And if you ever have a chance to go to an away day to Richmond, tell Elliot I love Ford Madison while giving him a shot at Hennessy, and you we'll see what happens after that. Good times will be had by all. Uh, Dan, anything you want to add about the 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 uh, you know Richmond Kickers? Uh, I, other than I think it was a great place to go for an away day, a good good setup for a fun tailgate. It's a you know, really old stadium. Uh, it'd be cool if they used the whole thing, but they only use half of it. But you know, they're they're getting there. But it it, it was a fun place, and uh, they showed us 
wonderful hospitality. So, uh, so uh, next up, South Georgia Tormenta FC. Uh, they may have. Do they have the Ibis? Are they the Ibis that is team? The Ibis. They are that the is Ibis. The Ibis. Yes. They are the Ibis. Bolt okay. the Ibis. Bolt, Bolt the, the Ibis. Ibis. Who has a very good uh, social, uh, yeah. you know, media presence. Uh, a couple of things, you know, they've made some. Uh, they've got some returners, as we said. Vignoles has departed for Richmond. Uh, they are. Uh, they brought back Micheletto uh, and their goalkeeper uh, Jara as well. Uh, Mueller and Thorne in the in the back. Uh, and they're coached by former Eckerd College coach, 32 years young, Ian Cameron, uh, who uh, is from Glasgow, which is just up the road from our, you know, from Newcastle, where our beloved Carl Craigson, Craig Carlson, Carl Craig is from. Um, important thing, Statesboro, Georgia, where uh, the South Georgia Tormenta are located is actually the the subject of one of my all-time favorite songs and uh, that is the Statesboro Blues. Now, the, the my favorite version is uh done by Taj Mahal. But if you google Statesboro Blues because we like to erase black musicians in the blues, they give the credit to uh the 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 um the Almond Brothers, which is just disastrous. It was first written by Blind Willie McTell in 1928. And if you get a chance, Taj Mahal playing the slide guitar on the, uh, on the Statesboro Blues is a thing of beauty. Uh, Statesboro or, or South Georgia was garbage last year. They had a minus three goal difference. Uh, they only scored 19 goals, which is forward Madison levels of incompetence and were, in fact, below forward in the table as well. Next up, any, any other thoughts from, from you guys on, on South Georgia? Uh, do we want to talk about what they're doing down there? I, I, you know, I think in terms of clubs that I look at and think they've got a good thing going on, those guys seem to have a good kind of pipeline of, you know, youth programs up to their main team. I'd say the same thing about Greenville. They seem to be well-run clubs that hopefully will be around for the long term. So good luck to them. Do we want to say anything about Toronto FC two? Sure. They are going to play this year after taking the year off due to COVID-19 and why go through the logistical headache of trying to navigate through COVID infested America when you can just stay your ass at home in COVID infested, but at least well competent government ran Canada. So they will have a few players that might be on the peripheral of Toronto FC that we might see some second stringers from Toronto FC come down to TFC too. What we know is every home match will be on a Friday night at 3 p.m. Ideal viewing time, no matter what. And that's uh, what I have for you know, Toronto uh, FC too. Luke Let's no longer it. works at the Argus, so I'm going to have a hard time you know, getting that 3 p.m. match from Toronto FC up on the TV at the Argus at 3 p.m. That's my worry. And also, I, we can only hope that every every forward Madison match there rains too, so you can hear the rain pelting down on that aluminum ceiling press box that the that the announcer was calling the game from. <laughs> that's some good. That's some good like public access level stuff right there. When you can get well, that, that aluminum, you really get the vibes. You really yeah. get the vibes from that <laughs> yeah. announce, announce. And actually, now that now that I've said that out loud. That's not actually true, right? Because the announcer is calling the game from Fort Lauderdale, so he's actually 
it's actually just getting picked up by the the, the field um, side yeah, microphones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the boom the boom mics, as it were. Which, <laughs> I don't know if they pay which, for boom mics. <laughs> that's too, that's too much I've, money for them. Yeah. I, I, I am enjoying how often like Premier League and has to apologize to their viewers for what you can hear now from, <laughs> from the, the pitch side. I'm like, at this point, it's like, why keep apologizing? It's like every week you hear somebody say something horrific. Like, you know, I kind of like how they, 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 they come up with new like terms to describe it. I think I once heard Arlo White refer to it as some, Rather Salty fruity man. language at one point, <laughs> uh, which I, I would, if I was Arlo White, I'd be like, Hey, really sorry that you heard that guy say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Tough if I was Arlo White, I would assholes. be like, go watch me on Ted Lasso instead. If you want to hear more of that colorful <laughs> language. Uh, I don't think we've talked about Ted Lasso. Uh, have you guys seen it? Yes. It's nice. It's a joy. It's beautiful. Best show yeah. Amazing. I yeah. was, I'm glad it was. Cause when I first heard about it, I had hesitation because I thought it was going to be just on the character from the NBC commercials way back when NBC was first getting the Premier league. I was like, I don't know if I can watch this, if it was going to be based off of that, but no, it was a, it was a pleasant surprise. It's very wholesome. It was, it's good TV. It's yeah. It was right. what I needed in the pandemic at, at the point that it came through. Uh, next yep. up, Kyle, you're, you're taking FC Tucson uh, right now. Uh, though there are rumors of uh, the Central Valley Fuego and Northern Colorado and a team in Spokane, Washington. Uh, this is the only team sort of west of, of uh, you know, the Rockies, you might say. Not even west of the Rockies. West of Omaha. Uh, they're the only western outpost. What can you tell us about Tucson, other than it's hot? It is very hot. Um but they broke off from the Phoenix Rising. They used to be an affiliate of the club, and now they're independently ran on their own, so good for them. Uh, they don't really have much coming back. They have Charlie Dennis and Shaq Adams are probably the two most notable ones. They've added some experienced defenders, one from the – I'm trying to think. One from the Icelandic League and one from Pittsburgh Riverhounds. They also had Daniel Bedoya, who used to play at NYCFC. But really, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in their first full-fledged year of independence. Like I said, very young roster, very new roster, not much in terms of coming back. But the nice thing with Tucson, besides it being the oldest uh, incorporated city in Arizona, you can also, at one point in 1933, listen on the radio and hear a young Ray Bradbury, who at 12 years old decided while he was landing a gig every Saturday night, his fee was just to pay for tickets so he could see King Kong, Murderers in the Mac Wax Museum, and The Mummy, which he later reminisced saying, you can't do any better than that, which during that Great Depression era probably was true. Also a fun fact with Tucson, if you want to go for an away day, you can also make a nice hour and 11-minute trip down south and go to a small little border town called Nogales. There is a Nogales, Arizona, and a Nogales, Mexico. Both very pleasant in its own right, and it's a very much a culture shift when you literally cross the border into Mexico. Nice things about Nogales is they will have te- people handing you free shots of tequila on the street right by their shop. So for those that ever go to Tucson, highly recommend Nogales. It's an adventure. Uh, excellent. Also, uh, uh, Amanda Powers is the second ever 
female president in U- U.S. men's professional soccer, and she is the new was the newly named president back in 2020 of uh, FC Tucson uh, as well. So good, good little additional uh, fun fact. Uh, Tucson, great town. If you've never been, recommend it uh, highly. Uh, finally, uh, Union Omaha. Uh, best fran- fans in uh, USL League One. Anything? I, I don't think we can really add anything else to that, can we? No, that's really the most important part of all of it. Just tremendous supporters, right, Dan? Yep. So uh, that's pretty much all we have to say on uh, Union Omaha, and that's our USL League One preview. Uh, preview really happy preview. Exactly. Really happy to have all of you. We're looking forward to uh, getting back. We have a couple of things in the, in the pipeline and uh, we'll say, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping to talk to uh, the uh, uh, a couple of people about the new flock food project coming up soon. And obviously we got to get the, the spring summer fashion preview for forward Madison and with Mike, Mike Quito. Uh, so until next time we say forwards, not backwards, upwards, not forwards, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. Idiots doing idiot things because they're idiots.